0: Welcome to Writer Spark Academy's Craft Chat. I'm Melissa Bourbon, and today we are talking about writing your bliss with the lovely Brooke Peterson. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and learn what it means to write what your heart wants to write rather than writing to the market. Hi, everyone. I am Melissa Bourbon with Writer Spark Writing Academy, and today we are here with Brooke Peterson, who is the author of the Jericho Falls Mystery Series. She's got a brand new middle grade book to tell us about, and she is also the co-founder of the Clued in Mystery podcast, which is so cool. She's a big, cozy mystery fan, and I'm so glad to welcome you here today, Brooke. So welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. And I want to tell you how honored I am to be on your show because compared to some of the other um, folks that you've interviewed, I'm definitely a newbie. So I am so super thrilled to be here. Well,
0: I'm thrilled that you are here. And I mean, you've got several books under your belt. And I think everybody has something to offer, you know, to writers at all levels. And, you know, that's kind of why I started this was to tap into the writing community and, you know, in a way, give back. Because when I started 15 years ago my first book was published in 2008 and I, there just wasn't a lot of accessible mm-hmm. information and there wasn't a way to talk to authors and feel like you can give to aspiring writers that are out there and receive as a, an aspiring writer and now you know we have so many opportunities to do that and so a lot of this is sort of a paying it forward you know opportunity you know that i wanted to do to give back to aspiring writers so they can you know sort of jump the line a little bit or, or glean information that took me years and years to figure out you know
1: i love that i love that and i have been blown away by how um i don't know if it's just as cozy mystery authors but the community is really, really open. And, you know, if you, if you put out a question on Facebook or, you know, you need some advice, like there, the other authors have been really welcoming to me. And I've, I've found a really great group on Instagram as well. I've have some Instagram friends that are all authors and, um, it's just a really welcoming group. And, you know, I, I thank all of you who have kind of forged the way and, um, that you're <laughs> willing to pay it forward. It's, it's, it's a really kind community.
0: Oh, yeah, well, I agree. And there's some great people out there. And, you know, social media, for all, all the negativity that we hear about it, there are some really great things about it. And Definitely. a lot of that is bringing people together.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how I um, met my... Um, co-host of the podcast actually she invited me so I guess I'm officially her (laughs) co-host Sarah and Stephen is um we met on Instagram and just kind of talked about hey I'd like to have a podcast and hey I would too and so we started chatting over several months um just video chatting and then um slowly over time decided what we wanted the podcast to be about and it's so yes it's a It's a social media success story, which I was kind of one of those people that didn't do a lot, definitely don't do a lot personally. And so I was really thrilled the way that that's turned out for me. That's
0: great. So how did you um, come up with the idea of honing in on Cozy Mysteries and and going about getting the authors to be guests on your podcast and all of that? And, you know, I'm I'm super curious about that.
1: Yeah. So we actually do mystery... um, all subgenres of mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two of us write um, more on the cozy end of things, so um, so we kind of have a, an, an affection for that. But we, you know, we wanted to approach it um, from the standpoint of mystery lovers, even though we both are authors. Uh, we wanted to approach it from kind of more the reader standpoint and the fan standpoint, because that's where. We started, that's you know what got us our start was that we just loved the genre. And, um, and that, that too, like Sarah and I could sit and talk about mystery fiction for hours and you know, tropes and the way clues are planted and the TV adaptations from different books. And so we just thought, well, let's do it because there's gotta be other people who love to talk about mystery and, uh, as much as we do. And it gives our uh, spouses a break from hearing us talk about it. We can talk to each other.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. I don't talk to my husband about any of it really because he, I know he's like only half listening. <laughs> you know, and then he gives an idea. Totally. No, that doesn't work. You're not listening with <laughs>
1: me. <laughs> totally. Well, the,
0: the podcast is really fun so I'm glad that you're doing that. I love you. So do you have an affinity for Agatha Christie because you do have um the episode where you delve into her missing days and you know yes like
1: that i am really you know i came to agatha a little later like a lot of um those of us who write mystery read her when they were growing up and i didn't i i'm not sure why um but i was definitely in my adulthood when i started reading agatha christie but her um her disappearance is so fascinating to me. And Sarah and I did do a, a we, we've done several episodes just on her work and um, and the way she writes and things like that. But then we did an episode on her disappearance and that was a blast because it's such a mysterious thing and it could be the plot of a novel in and of itself. Okay. Well, it,
0: it is. Have you heard of the Christie Affair that came out just this year? Okay. Yeah. And I read that. And that was so interesting because it is a fictionalized hypothesis about what might have happened during those missing days.
1: Exactly. Yes. And there, there've been a few films recently and, um, I can't think of the name of it at the moment, but PBS did a film and, um, it's really great. You can find it on their website. Same, like a, a theoretical, like what really happened during those missing days. And, um, I think we'll never stop theorizing just because it's so fascinating. And she was so quiet about it, mm-hmm. which just kind of adds to the allure, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So interesting.
0: All right. Well, let's jump into our craft chat topic, which is writing your bliss or, or being inspired to write um, or to follow your heart, I guess, when you're writing. So yeah. what when you say uh, follow your bliss or write your bliss, what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So I I was thinking that, you know, I'm not too far out. I have a few books under my belt, but I'm not too far out from maybe where your students who are taking your cozy mystery class are like, I still feel like I'm learning. And I suppose we never really get over that. (laughs) But um, I feel like when you first get started out there, there's just this avalanche of advice and there's as many different pieces of advice as there are authors because we all do it kind of our own way, but it can be really overwhelming. And so um, one thing that I've kind of tried to take to heart and share with some of my other author friends is to, um, to do that, to follow your bliss and to figure out Um, exactly the things that light you up and to follow that course and to not try not to compare yourself too much to what other people are doing or, you know, get too confused by all the shoulds and shouldn'ts. Um, And I think that that really starts with even with the genre because, you know, I was a um, English lit major and studied. Yeah. (laughs) And um, so you probably know what I mean when genre fiction can kind of get a bad rap sometimes and when i came out of college you know i thought i was supposed to be writing something intellectual and you know deep and meaningful or whatever but what i really wanted to do was write genre mysteries you know and that's what i liked to read and so sometimes i think that we kind of overthink that but you have to come to the point of knowing, you know, this is my voice, and this is what I love. And there is nothing wrong with writing entertaining fiction. And I happen to think that in mystery, especially, we still get a lot of messages and important themes. You know, we deal with good and evil and, and uh, the good guy prevailing. And, and those are important and, um, and thought-provoking themes that come out even in genre fiction.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I agree. Genre fiction gets a very bad rap. And I think there's so many great things to be said about it. So it's really unfortunate. You know, in some subgenres or genres, worse, you know, are perceived worse than others, yeah. mm-hmm. unfortunately. And then they seem to ebb and flow in popularity, too. You know, I think science fiction went through a great surge in the 80s mm-hmm. and 90s and seems to be on a decline right now, maybe. And romance seems to always be up there. But, you know, there are different tropes and different types of romance and romantic suspense, you know, goes up and down. And, but you're right, they all all of our books touch on themes that are um, just universal, you know, that that's what makes our books so appealing and accessible at the same time.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I um, was reminded when in a recent podcast episode, you know, we studied Charles Dickens as you know, literature with a capital L, but he was writing, uh, genre fiction in his day, serialized fiction once a week, you got the next part of the story. And, um, I was thinking, okay, Kindle Vella, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, you know, now we look back and his work is, I mean, fantastic and beautiful, um, not to take anything away from it, but, um, more so to just give credence to that we're just kind of carrying on that tradition. And it, and it's not less than it. It's very important. Well, yeah. And, and
0: that's interesting because you also have genre fiction and mystery writers who are taking the classics and turning them into genre mystery like mm-hmm. Heather Redmond who writes the Charles Dickens mystery series yes. and then there's Amanda Flower who has her new Emily Dickinson mystery series so it's almost like uh you know you're some authors are able to take that idea these classics and make them accessible and introduce them to a new generation in a new way by bringing them into their genre fiction which I think is very
1: clever. Yeah. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. So following your bliss led you to write the
0: Jericho Falls series. So tell us a little bit about that and then how, how your philosophy of doing what you want to do and kind of ignoring some of the rules and the naysayers and, you know, maybe following the um, market, you know, ignoring some of that led you to Jericho Falls.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, So sometimes I think that we see, um, you're like, okay, I'm going to do a cozy mystery. And you start looking at what's really popular. And, you know, sometimes it's witches or cats or, you know, bakeries, whatever. (laughs) Um, And the idea is to jump onto that thing because it's popular. And sometimes it works. But I think that when we Gravitate towards something that we are already, you know, kind of crazy about. That mm-hmm. it really shines through. You know that thing that you geek out on all the time, and that's kind of what I did because I love the old, um, the gold rush days, and then the towns now that exist. For instance, like Virginia City, Nevada, or Tombstone, Arizona. These ghost towns that remain today that were big gold mining towns. And, um, and so that's where I love it. I love watching documentaries about them. I love watching film set in that time period, either historic or then, you know, now that's set in those ghost town places, um, ghost hunters, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's where I decided to set my cozy mystery. And I feel like when you do that, you know, for someone else, it might be the beach or um, even the mall. I think a cozy mystery series set in a mall would be really fun. Yeah, that Um, would be (laughs) a ghost town of a mall. Yeah, (laughs) there we go. Um, But when you already have this thing that you're kind of crazy of learning about, then it just really shines through. And you can um, inform your narrative so much more. You don't have to work as hard because you already kind of know all these tidbits that are kind of in the back of your brain. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's kind of what led me to set my, my uh, cozy mysteries there. And, and my sister and I had taken a trip to Virginia City not too long before I started it. And I'm like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, so my series, my most recent series is the Book Magic series and it's set on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Always had an affinity for the Carolinas. I was born and raised in California, moved to Texas and now we're here and love it and hope never to move again. Um, But yeah, I'm just drawn to the Mm -hmm. Outer Banks. And so that was uh, following my bliss right there that I set the series there. And then I have this huge Irish curse, Irish history, Irish mythology component, which is another thing I just love and interested in. And, you know, so bringing that in was simply because I loved it, because I wanted to write about that. So it's so true. And I think it, um, I think it just adds a spark to what we write when we have that passion versus, oh, I know a bread shop. Oh, well, no, I won't use that because I write a bread shop series. I know a knitting <laughs> shop, you know, is popular. I'm going to write about a knitting shop, but I've never picked up knitting needles in my life. Well, you know, we're not, I think it's going to lack the spark most likely. Yeah,
1: it's going to show. The readers are going to be able to tell. And maybe they won't be able to put their finger on it, but it will just lack that depth than if you would have picked something that you're just really into anyway.
0: Yeah, that's such a great point. So – You've got the three Jericho Falls mysteries right now, and uh, in spring of next year, you have a brand new middle grade book coming out. Yeah. So, yeah. tell us about how you are broadening what you are writing from adult cozy mysteries to this middle grade series now.
1: More following your bliss, <laughs> yeah, more, yeah. Well, it's really interesting because actually, I wrote the middle grade first. Um, And it was just sitting. I wrote it quite a while ago and it was just sitting. And um, again, another Instagram uh, meetup, I Mm -hmm. connected with an agent um, through Instagram who is opening a new agency and accepting. And I thought, well, you know, because my Jericho Falls is an indie Mm -hmm. uh, series. And I thought, well, what the heck, I'll try that. You know, marketing a middle grade series is really different. You've got a yeah. completely different, even though it's mystery, it it's a different group that I'm going to be marketing to. And I thought, well, you know, I wouldn't mind having that help. And um, so I signed with Birch literary mm-hmm. and thank you. And sold a, a three book deal to level best books. So the first book is called the cameo secret and it comes out in, um, spring of 2023. So I'm really excited about that. And um, then there'll be two more adventures with these middle school aged sleuths. Sleuths. How fun. Yeah. So is
0: there a history? So Cameo to me immediately speaks of history. So is there some sort of history component?
1: Yes, absolutely. It, it um, is set in the the main character has to move back to her family, moves back to the town where her mom grew up and um, she starts to unravel this big family secret. And um, that's been very hush hush for decades, but she is a compulsive snoop. She just can't help herself. And before she knows it, she has opened up the whole can of worms and then is in, has kind of created some hot water that she has to solve it in order to kind of keep everybody safe. So. So is she sort of a contemporary Nancy Drew or who would you liken her to? Yeah, I think, I think that's probably pretty good. Um, her name is Jessica Johnstone, but please call her Jessie. She's pretty um, tomboy. She's no nonsense. And she, be she gets a um, kind of a, a friend that you wouldn't expect for her to uh become best friends with in in this new town so they and then they'll be the the partners as the story as the series continues to solve some more solve some more mysteries so that sounds super fun so what led you to even if it was the first book that you wrote what led you to
0: middle grade specifically you know is that just you know, where you were initially drawn to with your writing? And then given that that came first, what led you to your adult mysteries?
1: Yeah. So um, I was taking – I live in a really rural area, so there aren't a lot of um, writing groups or, you know, classes. But there was an adult ed class for uh, children's lit. Mm -hmm. And so as part of that class, I decided that, well – if I'm going to write, I have to write a mystery that just was kind of what wants to come out. And so yeah, that was my process too. (laughs) Whether I want to or not, that's what happens. So, um, so I started writing in the middle grade because so in the town that I grew up in, I still live in my great grandparents and my grandparents and my parents and myself, and eventually my daughter, but she wasn't born at the time all went to school in the same middle school. It's, you know, this gigantic brick building with the big tall stairs and um, the, it's one of those buildings that just kind of, um, I don't want to use the word haunt because that seems like it's negative, but it just like, it's just always in in my mind, you Mm -hmm. know, and I, um, it's, it's no longer standing. It had to be torn down. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes I, you know, like kind of walk the halls in my imagination. Mm -hmm. And it was just one of those buildings I just couldn't get out of my head. And I knew I wanted to write about kids who were going to school in that um, building and solving a mystery. So. So is it that actual building in
0: your actual town or is it a fictional building that's modeled after that building?
1: Exactly. It's all fictional, but, you know, like in my brain when I'm yeah. writing it, that's the hall, those are the halls that I'm in. But no, it's, it, it's a fictional town and, a, you know, fictional building. Wow. Okay. That's really cool. So um, following
0: your bliss. So what, is there a process that you go through when you're trying to think about, okay, well, what do I want to do now? And do you battle it all with, sort of internally with, um, what you want to do versus what you think you should do based on, you know, wanting to have a publishing career or a successful publishing career, which is so difficult to have, as you know.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think probably the, the one that gets sticks with me the most is this, the speed at which we publish. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Especially and I always the world, yes, in yeah. the indie world, for sure. Um, you know, fast, fast writing and fast publishing is the name of the game right now in this digital era when it's possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's not me, you know, that's not something that I'm gifted with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's great. The people who can do it, but it's, it's not something that I have. Mm-hmm. And so coming to terms with that, I mean, that's part of finding your sweet spot and just really having to come to um, to terms with the fact that, you know, I'm not going to be the one churning out a book every month, probably mm-hmm. not even a book every six months. That that would be my dream is to yeah. get to six months. Yeah. Um, but I also do fully believe that fast writers and slow writers can be successful. But I think that you have to be consistent. So if you have told, you know, trained your audience, so to speak, that mm-hmm. you're going to give them a book every six months, then you need to do that. If it's every year, then you need to do that. And I think that if you're writing things that people enjoy, that they'll get used to that. Um, I know you you are traditionally published and it's about a book a year. Is that right? Yeah.
0: Um, my last book, it's been more like a year and a half because they, they've had, well, this is the story I got anyway. They had a lot of success with Cozy Mysteries and they decided to pared down on what they were releasing every month so that they weren't cannibalizing their own sales. Mm -hmm. And so they spread out their release schedule. So the eighth book in my traditionally published series is coming out a year and a half later, which to me doesn't make a lot of sense at all. And, you know, but on the other hand, I do have an indie series too. And, you know, the control that you have is great. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to give up traditional publishing quite yet because I like having those traditionally published books, but I do like the control that we have every step of the way in the indie process. So that's kind of, that's a battle I go through in terms of following my bliss. I don't know. I mean, I have a lot of joy and a lot of um, satisfaction with my traditional series. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's one path, but I also love so much about my indie series. I don't know if I want to give both up. So, you know, that's a little bit of a struggle in terms of, well, what do I really want and what is really going to propel me, you know, in my career?
1: Yeah. Sometimes it's hard. It is hard. And it's, it's a moving target too, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and what you find, you know, there's seasons of life. So what you find, is your bliss right now might be different when your kids grow up or, you know, when whatever your circumstance are, is, you know, um, so that's always something that you can be judging, but I, I just really fall back on if, if we can move towards the decisions that feel best to us and not the things that kind of create that stress, that we're going to be happier and we're going to write better. And I, th- I really do think that it shines through in our work.
0: I agree. I mean, I think that as you pointed out earlier, I think that um, readers might not be able to put their finger on what it is about a book that really resonates or a book that doesn't but I bet that a lot of it comes down to the passion that the author brings to that subject versus just churning something out because it's part of the career. It's the next, you know, thing that I need to do in order to move on, you know, versus writing something I really, really love. That's a, it's a fine line. I agree. Mm -hmm. So um, before we wrap up, do you think you could, dial into maybe three tips or so to give to our um, viewers about how to follow your bliss within the publishing world, whether you're traditionally published or aiming for traditionally published contracts or whether you are indie published or aiming to indie publish, you know, just a couple of, of tips to, um,
1: to help, you know, people stay the course and be true to yeah, themselves. Yeah. One thing that I really like doing is um is making a list every so often of those things, like I said, that kind of light you up. Like what are the things that I just love to think about or love to look at pictures of or whatever? So if you can make a list of that every so often, and that's gonna be maybe those things that you wanna incorporate in your writing. Um and then as far as like I think it's important, and maybe this comes back to just maybe my overall tip is journaling because then I was going to say, then, you know, every once in a while, I really like to sit down and write about like, what are my priorities? What, what is really my priority? Because sometimes I feel like I'm not accomplishing as much in my writing career as I want to. And I start to beat up on myself. And then I realize, you know, right now my biggest priority is being a mom, you know, and I have just a few years left with, um, our daughter is in high school now, so it's not going to be long. And this is this part is, is going to just slip away. So, yeah. you know, let's, you know, journal about what your real priorities are so that if those timelines need to slow down, you remember why. Um, I think that I think that we can get a lot of um good information. If we just kind of write that out and and look at what's really going on inside and then, and then follow that and know, like I said, it's going to change in a couple years. Uh, This is a good example, Melissa, because I would have said a year ago, I'm never going to be on camera. That's too scary for me. (laughs) But as you grow and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to try that next thing. That's not, that's not so bad anymore. Yeah, no, I've been there too. I would say a couple of years ago, I would be like,
0: no way, no way am I going to be hosting people and interviewing them on camera. And, you know, I remember 15 years ago, prepping for my first audio interview and how stressful and nervous I was. And now Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, okay. That's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um so basically it boils down to a lot of self-reflection mm-hmm. and trying to understand really who you are at this point in time and what you want and how those things work together.
1: Yeah, I think so. I do I definitely think that that helps a lot. And um and again, and recognizing that maybe what you're not doing now, it's going to come. It's going to come in the future, and just keep growing. Um, that's the same with the speed of my writing, you know, and the speed of everyone's writing. It, if you if you wish you were producing more, the, the way to do that is to keep to keep writing, and right. you get better and better better over time. So yeah, yeah, and manifest right.
0: <laughs> <By> <laughs> way, I really want that publishing, you know, career to be successful, and and then also to define what does success mean. To Absolutely right. Because you might say, "Well, I want to be successful," and in your mind, that means something completely different to you know, just to me or to somebody else. And and so, how do you follow your bliss if you don't even know, you know, what that means to you and what it is you want from yeah, this? That's mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So fun. So interesting. It's so such an abstract concept. Right. But there's there are things that we can do to kind of hone in and figure out what is going to make us happy in this industry that is so fraught with frustrations,
1: <laughs> you yeah. know, a lot of the time. And, and, you know, we're juggling so and, quickly, you know, and, next yeah. year there will be um, avenues of uh, marketing or avenues of income that we don't even have today. Like it's a, it's a constantly moving target. Mm -hmm. So we just have to constantly be looking at, you know, what, what's going to be the best for us individuals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think embrace the things that you gravitate towards. And as you said that you, um, you know, that, that work for you understanding yourself, because you know, I, when TikTok first came out, I was like, "No, no way. I'm, I can't I just can't do it, you know, and just the whole idea overwhelmed me. And now I've started a TikTok channel, you know, because the time is right. You know, I'm I'm at the point where, OK, I can dip my toe in there and be OK with it, whereas a year ago there was no way. Yeah, you know, a year ago exactly. you couldn't been on camera, and now you are. So, so it is this moving target, like you said, and it is growing comfortable in your own skin, and then understanding what you want, what you're able to do, and how of these things, how these things can, uh, you know, work together.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's great. Cool.
0: Well, uh, so what is next for you? So you've got your, the cameo, what's, what's the title of the book again? Uh, the
1: Cameo Secret.
0: So the Cameo Secret's coming in spring. And yes. what else do you have in the pipeline?
1: Um, so I'm currently working, there are two Jericho Falls novels and one novella, and I'm currently working on the third, um, novel. So that I'm hoping will will I'm, I'm shooting for perhaps a spring release of that as well. But, you know, that's my indie title. So I, like you said, I get to kind of um, do that as it, as it fits in. But mm-hmm. I do have people asking for it. So that makes me really happy. So it's inspiring me to keep going. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And
0: then you have two more books in the mystery Middle Grade Mystery series that you'll be working on over the next a year and a half two years
1: yes they're set to come out spring of 23 24 and 25 so we'll okay. see if that timeline holds yeah yeah
0: okay well thank you so much for being here brooke peterson i appreciate it and all your tips on following your bliss writing your bliss because i think that you know i think it's so important that we remember how to stay happy and true to ourselves in this industry so i thank agree you for that
1: thank you so much for having me
0: melissa this was so much fun Great. Well, thank you for being here and we will see you next time, everyone.